Blog Talk Radio. Uh, 
I'm just getting word from my representative that the NFL League office reached out to them about a work on Atlanta on Saturday. I've been in shape and ready for this for three years. Can't wait to see the head coaches and GMs on Saturday. Wow. That was Kaepernick. Okay. Uh, breaking news from the Madden Voice. Uh, JB K-Star, welcome. Sorry, guys. I unmuted you, and then that news came across, kind of caught me off guard. But, hey, gentlemen, welcome to the Madden Voice. Yeah, I saw that come through earlier. My jaw dropped, so I'm hoping it, it works out well for him. What's going on, fellas? Oh, How are we doing? What's going on? Ah, ditto. I, I hope so, too. I mean, uh, uh, you know, if he tries out and they say, look, we gave the guy a look-see, look-see, and as JB would say, he absolutely sucks. Okay. Cool. I, you know, <laughs> <laughs> you know, but like I said, with some of the quarterbacks out there, I, you know, it's been amazing that after three years, um, you know, the guy hasn't even had a workout. Like, I think uh, it was um, is it Rosenhaus that's his agent. I can't remember who his agent is. Yeah. But whoever his agent is said he's never seen anything like this in however many years he's been in the NFL. <clears throat> like, never. Never seen anything like this. Um, but that's okay. Hang tight because Donald Trump will catch wind of it and then he'll try to screw it all up. So, hang tight. But anyway, um, so hey, um, since K-Star, uh, since we got K Star, um, let's start with your Steelers, man. I mean, you mean you you've had a rough season, you know? what I mean, you're coming mm-hmm. off, you know, Brown's gone, Bell's gone, Ben is out. You started out zero and three, uncertainty, uh, receivers getting concussions, and you know, Connor was yeah. out and. I mean, all types of just a bunch of bull. And then, you know, something happened. And somewhere in there, you guys got this guy who looks like fucking player of the year now. I mean, he hasn't played enough games. To, but goddamn, Minka look like, looking like Troy Palomalu back there. Like, hey, K-Star, yeah. let me give you the floor, man. You must <laughs> be happy that your team has a winning record and is in contention for a playoff spot. Talk to us. Yeah, this is awesome. So, obviously, um, not expected. We were 1-4 at one point. And uh, some people were questioning the trade for Minka Fitzpatrick. You know, and the Steelers believed that they could contend this year. And not a lot of people believed it. I mean, I was even skeptical that we could do a whole lot. But, man, oh, man, the defense has been nothing short of dominant since acquiring the guy. Um, the guy, he has five turnovers already. He has two touchdowns on the year. Uh, the defense, since he's played, Leads the NFL in sacks and pressure on the quarterback and a uh, few passing yards per game since he's been uh, in the lineup for the Pittsburgh Steelers. They've been carrying the Steelers' offense. I mean, Mason Rudolph has not been anything uh, better than average. So between Mike Tomlin and the acquisition of Minka Fitzpatrick, this defense has, has led the Steelers to a 5-4 and four record, um, beating two winning uh, teams the last two weeks and have now positioned, positioned themselves as the sixth seed in the AFC, if the season were to end today, Isn't so that crazy. Um, Isn't that crazy? That, that is that is crazy. I, for me, a couple weeks ago, I said I I think our best bet, you know, what most we can hope for is like eight and eight, nine, seven at best. Which, I mean, that may still end up being the case, but my God, I mean, the defense. I'll tell you what, uh, no matter who plays the Steelers, it's going to be a low-scoring game, competitive game, um, because this defense and T.J. Watt leading the way, and or T.J. Watt and Mika Fitzpatrick, I should say. Leading the way, man. Hey, uh, let me, it's been awesome. Let me let, let me add, let me just add this. Um, you know, I was one of the critics at getting Minka, not because he can't play, 
but you gave up, was it a first round pick? First round? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And I'm sitting up there. I'll be honest. I was wrong because I'm sitting up there like, I mean, I know last year, a year ago, the Cowboys went and got Cooper and it turned their season around. And, you know, so there are examples of making midseason deals that have really benefited. But I was just like, you know, Ben is out. You don't know his future. Maybe you need that to go get a quarterback. Like, I was on that. I was, hey, fuck all that. I was wrong because you guys are showing. And, you know, kudos to Tomlin. Tomlin is sitting there saying, hold my oh, man, yeah. Okay, like, you guys want to see a defense? Hang tight a second here. Hold on a second. And kudos because I'll tell you, there was no coach under a, under a bigger spotlight and a hotter seat after being 0-3 and 1-4 to Mike Tomlin, even though he's never had a losing record. Um, but with yep. all of the scuttlebutt that's been going on with Brown and Bell and all of that stuff and leadership and this, that, and the other, and for him to just say, that's okay, guys, I, I'm a defensive coordinator by trade like Bill Belichick. <laughs> I'm going, we're going to, defense going to step up and, and lead this team. Like, I'm still thinking about you. I don't really like thinking about you while I'm watching football, but I was thinking about you because your Steelers won. And I'm like, you're five and four. The same record as the damn Cowboys. And we started out three and oh. We sit up there. Steelers are 0 and three. Cowboys are three and oh. Sorry, K Star. Now, look, I'm sitting over here with the same goddamn record. But I'm happy for you, though. Because you're my boy. I'm happy for you. Fuck about the Steelers, but I'm happy for you. I appreciate it. You know, uh, yeah, I just want to shout out Tomlin once again because he was a Hall of Fame quarterback, potential Hall of Fame receiver and, and running back. You know, they lost two – I'm sorry, they lost three, um, you know, top three, top five players at the position. And to kind of reinvent – you know, the Steelers of the last five years have been a really high-powered offensive team. To reinvent the team to be a defensive powerhouse, uh, especially with losing those guys, is nothing short of impressive. And you can't forget that – the Steelers went into Los Angeles against the Chargers and beat the team with a third-string quarterback because of that defense and just, well, really good coaching. I mean, it's really impressive. I hope that we can keep it going for as long as we can. But I'll tell you one thing. I'm looking – I just wish Big Ben were healthy. I'll tell you, tell you what, because if he were, we would be in a really great spot in the AFC, and I'm really confident for the next couple of years because of the defense turning the corner and, you know, hoping that Big Ben's health uh, trends uh, in a positive direction. You know, and, 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 you know, I'll bring Jay in in a second. But, you know, actually, let me bring Jay in. Jay, what are your thoughts on the Rams? Because the Steelers beat the Rams. And now everyone's like, you know, it, it, for me, what the coverage I saw, people were more poo-pooing on the Steelers because the Rams aren't what they were. Gurley isn't what he used to be. Golf looks like he's, re, you know, regressed a bit. And it's like, I don't know. Uh, what are your thoughts on the Rams and people poo-pooing on the Steelers' victory because the Rams aren't the Rams that, you know, they were, you know, just last year when they went to the they went to the uh, um, to the Super Bowl. Well, the, nothing's black and white. Everything is always going to be in the gray somewhere. And I, I also um, tip the cap to to Tomlin for the work that he's done. I even said before when they picked up Fitzpatrick, it looks like they're going to try and grind it out using their defense to win. And by God, they've done that and then some. So, and, and I know Tomlin's had a huge part in it. So hopefully people will get off his back. I just want to say that real quick because he's an awesome coach. And obviously the, the, the players play hard for him. In regards to the Rams and, and their game against Steelers, um, I, I, the Rams aren't the same team that we saw last year. 
Uh, their their offensive line isn't as potent as it was last year, but it still shouldn't take away from the job the Steelers have done against them. I still go back to what we've always talked about before. You look at the tape, you watch the film, you study teams' weaknesses, you study their strengths. You try to obviously limit the strengths and, and, and capitalize on their weaknesses. And I really think the game plan that the Steelers had maximized what they're trying to do, not to mention football, as you both know, is a game of matchups. And I think the Steelers just matched up well with, with the Rams and um, combine all that together, and that's how the Steelers come out with a win. You know, and golf didn't do much, and I finally have my first fantasy loss. I'm 9-1 and one now. I actually played in that league. I played the number two team who was – I was 9-0, and oh and he was 7-2. and two. And, um, you know, like, okay, this might be a preview of the chip game because, you know, and uh, he actually got me because golf shit the bed, didn't give me any points. I got like five points. And then he had Jamal Adams, who had like a 32-point game in this league for a defensive player, like which is like unheard of, but he had such a great game. And so the combination of the two took me down. I, I'm not really worried about about it moving forward because the likelihood of Jamal Adams repeating that, doing that a second time is not, not too likely. But um, I guess my main point, I know I'm doing my little fantasy, but the main point was, yeah, golf, golf is not playing like we saw him last year. And I think this, this goes back to what we always say on this show is hang tight, give the NFL a chance, they will catch up. You know, um, last year, McVay was the wonder boy, right? And now this year, all of a sudden, he's just an average coach. Now, I'm, I'm not going to take away anything he's accomplished. And certainly he took a Jeff Fisher team and brought him to the Super Bowl. So God bless him for that. But, you know, everybody's ready to give him, you know, a yellow jacket, gold jacket, whatever color it is. And it's like, you know, like I always say, show me some consistency. Show it to me over a few years, and then you've got my attention. But to do it once or twice, you know, same thing with Peterson and some of these other guys. Like, yeah, you know, I got to see more. Um so, hey, kudos to the Steelers, kudos to Tomlin, and uh, let's see what happens. I mean, it, it, it's 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 interesting, right? You know, I mean, it brings it, it, and I, you know, I've been there. We've all been there when our team shit the bed early, and you're like, you know, you're like two and seven or something, and it's like, you know, your season's over, and you got to freaking struggle through the last six, seven games with nothing to play for, and it's like, I don't even want to watch this team anymore, but it's football, so I'm gonna watch it, and oh, that's a terrible feeling. So to actually, uh, you know, have something to play for, good for good for the Steelers and good for K-Star. Um, we'll save the Bears for whenever Train comes on. The Bears actually got to win. So I'm curious what Train's thoughts are now on Trubisky, who actually – I didn't watch the game, but it seemed like he had a much better game. So, you know, I'm, I'm curious uh, – excuse me, Train's thoughts on that. But um, – Let's go to let's go to another competitive game, um, Cowboys and the the uh, Vikings. But before I do that, I do wanna I wanna kind of I had it out here. Forgive me, guys. Not as organized as I want as I want to be. So let me just just so everyone's on the same page of what we saw this past week. Okay. Um, Raiders and the Chargers, which was actually a hell of a game, but the Raiders came out on top, 26 to 24, okay? Titans, Titans, with Mahomes playing, 
another great game. Between crazy game. 35-32. What's that? Crazy game. So that was a crazy uh, game. Yeah, it was. Um, um, hold on. Probably just uh, it was what people are saying is the upset of the year. I don't know if I'd go that far because it's a division game, but it certainly was unexpected. The Falcons, not not really that they won, but how they won, like they completely shut down Breeze um, in New Orleans, twenty six to nine, like uh, unbelievable. Um, the Browns, you know, a lot of people had the Bills, you know, working their way into a wild card spot maybe, and the Browns took them out, nineteen sixteen. Um, the Bears, now Matt Stafford didn't play. He's got that same, I call it the Tony Romo injury because that's what ended Tony's career. Um, That transverse process is what they call it. The the vertebrae in the back gets cracked and, you know, there's nothing they can really do. You just kind of, kind of let it heal. And there's different levels of pain. Some people can manage it and others can't. It depends on the amount of pain or not. That's not the person. It's how, how bad it is. So that's what Matthew Stafford has. He was out Sunday. Um, early reports right now is it's unlikely he'll play. Uh, they're, they're, they're guesstimating about three games that he'll miss. And that would mean he'd miss Sunday against the Cowboys. So we'll see. But that said, um, the Bears got a nice win. You know, so um, the Dolphins, who people thought they were tanking and trying to get 2-1, first pick in the draft, and now they've got back-to-back wins, beat the Colts in Indianapolis, sixteen to twelve. Now we know what's his name. Um, y'all know Yes, was out. Um, but still, you know, you wouldn't expect that, right? We talked about the Steelers taking out the Rams. Um, Packers won, and then man, last night's game, man, that was a game. Um, yeah, it was. That, that yeah, yeah, that that was a heck of a game. Seahawks in the in the fourth. Yeah. So I guess when you look at all of these you know, at least six or seven upsets that just weren't expected. And, um, you know, it just, it, it, it has you sit back and reflect on where are we going with this season? Because, you know, every time you think, you know, something, you know, something happens that has you say, okay, I really don't know what the hell's going on. So the Cowboys lose to the Vikings. Um, JB, I have a lot that I could say on this, but I'm going to let you go first your your thoughts on the Cowboys and the Vikings. <laughs> yeah, I don't even know where to start, but I'll just speak from what my thoughts truly are. Uh, it, I feel as though the Cowboys are a team that's overrated and underachieving. I really do. I think that this team has so much talent at every possible position, yet they're 5-4. That doesn't make any sense to me. 6-3, and 7-2 seems more like it, but not 5-4. In regards to how they played last night or on on Sunday, I was glad to see them go from fourteen nothing to tied up at fourteen. That was good to see. Some of the play calling is a little questionable, uh, but it goes back to what I was saying before: getting off the slow start. This one wasn't quite as bad. They they came back in that same half, tied it up at fourteen before the Vikings kicked their field goal, but it's. It, we talked about this last week. We talked about Garrett and some of the the decisions that he makes. And I know with, with Garrett, he's the head coach. We're talking more about play calling, offensive play calling. That goes back to Kellen Moore. But it's still intertwined between those two. And when you got an offense that's moving the ball through the air more so than on the ground, you should keep with it. 
And for whatever reason, they tried to continue to pound it when when Zeke wasn't getting anything. And that that final drive before they ended up having that incomplete pass to Zeke, it was pretty much a microcosm to me on how this whole season has gone. They, they they get to a certain point, and then they fall off a cliff. And I don't know if it's the players. I don't know if, if it's coaching. I don't know if it's a combination of both. But something something just isn't clicking because they're not getting the Ws against teams that are quality teams minus Philadelphia. And they just seem to fall short when it comes up to another quality team. And, and that's what happened with the Vikings. Um, well said. Let me add that um, I, I have come to the, to the conclusion that it's coaching. Um, Dak Prescott, mm-hmm. in my opinion, played the best game I've ever seen him play. Um, it's a he shame balled. that he's got one yeah, he he's got one interception on his on his stat line because of the Hail Mary at the end of the game because um yeah, he, he just frankly he balled out. He looked sensational. Um you know, people are giving Zeke a hard time and I will admit that Zeke doesn't look like the Zeke I've seen previously, but I also know that that offensive line got manhandled. It's not like I'm seeing holes that Zeke just ain't hitting. I'm seeing Zeke get the ball, and, and there was a white jersey ready to take him down immediately. Um, it, it, you know, but here, here, and I tweeted this, here's some of my issues with Jason Garrett. Um, first possession, you have a fourth and six. I'm going off of memory here. I don't have any notes, but you have a fourth and mm-hmm. six at about the 40, at about the Vikings 40-yard line. You're so concerned about a fast start that you elect to, to go for a 57-yard field goal. Now, just because we have a guy that can make it doesn't mean that every chance you get, you throw him out there and kick it. There's a reason that, um, you know, the, the, the league record is only, what, 65 yards, and it was 63 for a number of years. So this is only a few yards less because these, these kicks, the percentages are not in your favor. And to, to start off the drive like that, because you're so desperate for points. If you had went for it, I would have understood that. If you had punted, I would have understood that because now you're playing field position. But you're so obsessed with wanting a fast start that you wanted to see points on the board first, and this guy kicked in as, as you know, he has been known to do because he doesn't have a high overall field goal percentage. He shanked it. So that was a, a gross error to me. I would either have said, you know what, it's at the 40, and the 40-yard line is kind of that spot where – you're like, depending on the yardage and how confident you are, you could go for it or you could punt it, knowing that, you know, if it's a touchback, you probably only get a net of 20 yards. But um, but to kick a field goal in the first quarter, in the first possession, I just thought that that was just ridiculous. And I would have thought – I thought that – and I, this isn't like, okay, but if he makes it, hey, no, it's still a bad decision. Just because he made it, it, it's still wrong. It's still not – you're not playing the odds. You're not playing the percentage. You're not playing to win. Playing to win means you understand that the, the risk is not worth the reward. It's not worth the three points. So that was mistake, you know, number one. Um, clearly it's been covered in the press, but I'll touch on it. You know, Dak is playing out of his mind. He's lighting it up. Zeke's going nowhere. I'm not blaming Zeke. I'm blaming the offensive line. Um, but Zeke's going nowhere. You get down, and I heard Prescott say that you didn't want to leave Minnesota enough time too much time okay so either Dak or he's getting this from Kellen Moore or Garrett but 
how about making sure you score and trusting your defense? Because because you were so concerned with the clock, you ran the ball twice, second and two, third and four, and you had just passed from the six-yard line all the way down to the 12. The passing game had gotten you to the 12-yard line. And now, okay, could I see one run? Yeah. I could see you trying to get two yards. You want to use your hogs up front to see if they can grind out two yards with Zeke? Go for it. He got nothing. Okay, I'm not coming back and running the ball again. So I don't know if it was Kellen Moore, Jason Garrett, but Jason Garrett is responsible for the team. And if I'm Jason Garrett and Kellen Moore calls a second and two run and Zeke gets stuck, I'm going over to Kellen Moore and I'm saying, pass the damn ball. Do not call another running play. Pass the damn ball. That's your job as a head coach. And then it gets it gets even better. So now it's fourth down. And obviously you got to go for it because you're down by four points. So a guy who had not caught one pass the whole day, game, who had just been stuffed twice coming out of the backfield, and now you're going to try to do an out pattern because, you know, the matchups look favorable to him, not to um, Gallup, who played well, not to Cooper, who played out of his nine, not to even Jason Witten, who made some great catches. Like, you got all these receivers, Jarwin. You got all these receivers, big-body receivers. Look at Witten, 6'5", 6'6". Jarwin's another big guy. You got these big guys in there. You got Cobb making great catches with great hands. Gallup, of course, Cooper's just Mr. Reliable. And you throw it to your running back, who had just got stuffed. Like, I don't, I don't get that call at all. And I'm sorry, where's the run-pass option? Where's the RPO? Where's the zone? You know, like, I didn't see it one time. Dak is not Lamar Jackson or Deshaun Watson or RG3 or Michael Vick. He's not. But he's mobile, he's agile, and he can, he can get you some yards. It's second and two. Where's that play? Third and two? Where's that play? Like, I, I, I don't get it. You didn't do it once. Not once. But you'll run the ball with Zeke and get stuffed, but you won't do the run pass option. Like, I don't get it, you know? And, and, and you know, so coaching. And then the last coaching error that I found out about was, and when it happened, I didn't get it, but Tavon Austin, he gets a punt. He's got, I don't know how far he would have gotten, and I know the clock was against you, but apparently what I've, discovered thanks to twitter and people doing their due diligence is the special teams coach told him to fair catch wasn't garrett it was a special teams coach and apparently when he fair caught everyone like all the coaches were like what the hell happened and i will commend garrett that he didn't throw his special teams coach under the bus those are things I really like about Garrett is he just said, you know, we didn't communicate effectively on that. And he took the bullet and he didn't say, well, that really wasn't me. That was my, you know, which I gotta be honest, if it was me, I might've threw the guy under the bus because I don't care, but I'll give Garrett credit for that. But are you, are we trying to win football games here or what? If you watch there's there's video out there and there's a, there's a still picture from behind Austin when he catches the ball and you could see the left side of the field, is open. He could have got 20, 30 yards, and he's pretty fast. He's not Tyreek Hill, but he's fast. So he could have gotten 20, 30 yards and given Dak at least one or two shots 
at, you know, the end zone from a decent, you know, from like the 30-yard line and not the 50-yard line. Now, you know, they're not going to call pass interference on a Hail Mary. It ain't going to happen. But you're throwing from the 30-yard line and you're trying to get in the end zone and you got two shots, or you might get a pass interference and get it at the one-yard line. Anything's possible. But, again, coaching. The slow start that J.B. mentioned, 14 nothing. Now, yeah, the team fought back. The team fought back. But where's the scheme? Where's the plan? You know, you're trying to you're, you're trying to get a third and two. You're trying to there's so many things you're trying to do. Where's your money play? I'm just not I'm not seeing from Jason Garrett what I have seen from other decent coaches. And I'm not even talking about the stupidity that people talk about. Coach Clapp and he, I, I, that's just stupid. People just need to shut up. I'm talking about game planning. I'm talking about real football. That's what I'm talking about, real football. And the last thing I'm going to say, and I want to ask K-Star a question, because K-Star's got a, a very strong history in the, in the Madden video game, right? So, K-Star, let me ask you a question. As a guy who's played all over, all over the country, you know, all, all over the place, won a lot of money playing Madden, um, you've played top guys and you've played scrubs, right? So, if you're playing, and I know this guy that you played, you probably would call him a scrub, but he beats your ass. But this, this, this guy, Commissioner T, I know you whooped his ass. But if you're playing a guy like that, <laughs> and you know he's not very good, right? Generally speaking, you and all these top guys, when you guys go in and play, and be honest, how serious do you take these guys that, you know, newbies and they're not very good? And you get there and you see their scheme and you're like, oh, yeah, this is going to be pretty easy. How, how serious do you take them? Tell the truth. Um, well, you know, usually a pretty good idea that maybe an easy game ahead of time, but I mean, like, to be honest, like the first, you know, like the first quarter or something, I, I want to start fast and I know if I start fast and I kind of see what they're doing and don't work out very well, then, you know, then I'm going to get my foot off the gas and kind of, you know, um, have an easy, easy game. But like the game, the game, I'm always going to start out and expect them to be decent. I might think that uh you know they may not be very good and maybe they'll bear itself out. But usually I don't I wouldn't take my foot off the gas until at least after for sure okay. I know that to be a fact. Okay. okay. Well I'll I'll tell you this. You might be a little different. I played a number of your colleagues that were pretty good and I sucked. And um I can tell you they didn't take me seriously. <laughs> you know, they, they they were talking while they were playing. They were looking at the other games and it was just like, yeah, I know I'm gonna win this game. I don't even have to really try. And they were right. They're right. They, I'm not. I'm not criticizing. I played, you know, Big Gene. I played Problem. I played some, you know, um, all. You know, they didn't. They didn't talk smack to me or or cap as you guys like to say. It wasn't like that. Yeah, they, no, they that's true. To make you, they, you know, yeah. they they knew that I was a pillar of the Madden community, so they treated me with respect. But they didn't take my game seriously because my game wasn't very good. And I and I and that's not a, and I, and that's okay. My point is, I think part of the slow start is a little bit of arrogance on the Cowboys' part because they know they can come back. There's a, there's a little bit of arrogance that says, well, I'm not worried about it. I'm going to tell you why I say that. I'm going to tell you why I say that, guys. Um, I love Dak Prescott. I, I do. What I don't like is his post-game interviews. It's the same thing. You know? Uh, you know, guys in this locker room, I, you know, I feel confident about the guys. And, and, and you know, it gets to the point where at some point you kind of want to hear, yeah, we messed up. You know, we, we really messed up. 
Um, I heard them say a few weeks ago that they were kind of reading their own press and, and feeling themselves. I think they were feeling themselves a little bit on this one too because they they come off of two straight wins. Molly Watts, Philly, who many consider to be a good team and a competitor to win the division, and then even though they started off slow, came back and finished strong against the Giants, and now they're home against against Kirk Cousins, who has not ever really played well against Dallas, or at least well enough to win consistently. I honestly think that they went in kind of a little full of themselves, and that goes back to coaching. I'll never forget this, and then I'll shut up because I can go all night. But I, I'll never forget this, and JB knows this story well. Um, Bill Parcells, in a game that the Cowboys were supposed to win easily, he went out and bought a box of mouse traps. This is how this whole trap game thing started. Bill Parcells, and he went into the locker room. I don't know if he physically did it or if he had staff do it. My guess would be he had staff do it. And they hung mouse traps throughout the whole locker room. And guys come in and they're like, what the fuck are these mousetraps doing here? And the first meeting, and he says, I want you guys to know you're not as good as you think you are. And if you think you're, if you think you're that good, you're about to lose to this team. This is what we know in the game as a trap game. Stop reading your old press. They get paid just like you do. And they're going to come in here ready to play. And that's where the whole trap game thing, now that everybody uses, started with that situation with Parcells coaching the Cowboys and when the team when he felt like the team was like eh get a little full of themselves starting to get a little mojo might not be what do we need at this point we need to go back to being hungry humble and hungry that's what he would do and I, I while I don't have a problem with Jason Garrett clapping I think that's just stupid he wants to clap clap and I don't think he needs to be all in your face like Mike Cower and some of these other guys. I mean, Bill Cower and some of these other coaches that, you know, Cower, Cower with the Sergeant Slaughter jaw and spitting all in your face. And, you know, oh, that's the way you do it. That's how you motivate somebody, right? Hey, Tony Dungy didn't do that. And he did just fine with his career. So, no, I don't believe you have to be that way. You can be however you need to be. But do something. And I'm not totally sure what he's doing and what I'm seeing and reading between the lines. I think he needs to pick it up. I sincerely think he needs to pick it up. This was a game. And every time I say this, most of the time, the Cowboys fail. Every time I say this is a statement game, right? This is a game where you prove that you're, you know, making, you know, to make a statement, blah, blah, blah. This is, I say that all the time. And I cannot tell you how many times I come back on this show afterwards and I'm like, well, I guess that's it. They made a statement, all right. <laughs> they made a statement that we absolutely suck. So now, Dallas, you've got uh, to travel to Detroit. And if there was ever anything that's called a must-win game, this is it. Your season, right now, I'm going to tell you guys why, and then I really am going to shut up. Your season is, is resting on this game because it's a trap game because more than likely Stafford's not going to play in Detroit and you're playing at one o'clock and then the Eagles host the Patriots at four thirty, And so you losing and the Eagles upsetting the Patriots in Philly. Oh my God. I'm not talking about statistically or mathematically. I'm talking about the message that that will send to the league and the message that that 
you walk away with. We lost to a team, again, that didn't have their starting quarterback, their $100 million starting quarterback, and on the same afternoon, our nemesis, the team that we're battling to win the division, upset the Super Bowl champs with the greatest quarterback to ever play. You think you guys are going to be able to recover from that? I don't think so, Rushi. Y'all need to win this game. Must win. Okay, I've talked for a while. I apologize, guys. I just had to get all that off my chest. Please, please, please forgive me. Um, anything either one of you guys want to add? I know I, I, I went on for a minute, but hey. Okay. I think the, the play calling was pretty bad. I mean, I know you kind of already went into it, but going into mm-hmm. this game, Minnesota, Minnesota is top five run defense in the league. Um, they, they're giving out the most receptions to wide receivers in football, and Dak was uh, exploiting that time and time again. So it didn't make sense to me why they were running with, with Zeke as much as they were. I mean, you know, like it, you don't have to force it if it's not there, right? I mean, just do what's, what, what's being successful. That's what most good coaches do is, is doing what's working. There's no reason to change it up for the sake of changing it up, especially if it's been in, ineffective. So, I mean, the play call to me is what stood out as a – it should have been a winnable game. I mean, it was a winnable game. I think the Cowboys should have won. I mean, Minnesota played really well. Don't get me wrong, but the Cowboys seemed to, you know, trip over themselves in terms of, of play calling because Zach was fucking awesome and, and Zeke was, was not effective. And that wasn't too much of a surprise considering Minnesota's front seven is hellacious against the run and their back back end of their secondary has is, is, is been bad this year. So, Yeah, and, and I'll say calling. this too. To, to agree with you to, to, to some degree, um, I think for three quarters, you, you should show a stubbornness with the run because I think the threat of Zeke and knowing that Zeke could break one at any time is what allowed you to have some of that passing success. Um, I think Zimmer went in and said, Zeke's not going to beat us. We're gonna, Dak, let's see if Dak can beat us because Zeke's not going to beat us. And so I think you have to be played, you know, you have to kind of do what they're expecting you to do. And you got to throw it. You can't abandon the run because, you know, then they're going to put eight back there. Yeah, not, you know, so, so, not so, completely. so I, I agree with I, that. Yeah, no, I, I, I think for three quarters, you, you have to keep running the ball. But I think as the time's ticking down and now you're down by four points and you're down, you know, three, four minutes to go, whatever it is, now it's just time to score. Now it's time to, you know, there's no, You've, you've done all the other stuff that you needed to do to put you in position to get a win. Now go get the win. And that's where Dallas failed. They didn't go get the win. And it happened against the Jets, and it happened against the, uh, the um, Saints. It's like you have an ability to go get the win, and you can't close out these games. You know, I mean, this team is 5-4. and four. To me, the only game, even though they came back and made it competitive, to me, the only game that really they were out of, like pretty much the whole game, was the Packers. And I know they came back and made it competitive, but, you know, the Packers played soft and it allowed Dallas to do some stuff. And, you know, okay, if Maher makes that, makes that field goal, it's a one-touchdown game, and then you got to get an onside kick. And we know with the new rules of kickoffs, it's virtually impossible to get an onside kick. It's just not going to happen. So, um, but you know, you lost 12-10 to the Saints. That's the game you should have won. You lost 24-22 to the Jets. Um, 
you know, I'm sorry. I, I, I will, you know, I, I know now I'm saying that game never happened, but okay, maybe it did. That's a game you, you should have won, you know, and now you lose to the Vikings, a game that was very winnable. Now the Vikings are a solid team. So there's no shame in losing to the Vikings. But when you lose to the Saints without Breeze while Bridgewater was still new to this, and you lose to the Jets, well, you know, this is a game. Had you won those two games, this loss wouldn't be that big of a deal. People would say, wow, heck of a game. All right, you know, you played, you played, you know, 28-24. Okay, you showed you belong. You didn't get the win, but maybe you'll see him again in the playoffs because now you're sitting at 7-2. and two. <laughs> But because your blue games that you should have won, now this game looks more – it looks larger than it really was. What it boils down to is even though Dallas made mistakes, it was a winnable game. You're playing a team that people consider to be a good team, and you had a good chance to win this game. Matter of fact, most people were saying, damn, Miami looks – I mean, uh, uh, Minnesota looks just like Dallas. You look at how they're composed, that they had a running back that actually produced them. Unfortunately, our running back just didn't. But I, again, I don't blame I don't blame Zeke. I really blame that offensive line. They didn't they didn't get their blocks. They didn't hold their blocks. They made a lot of mistakes up front. But I guess we'll see what happens because Sunday's a, a must win game. If Dallas loses to Detroit, I, I I don't want to say the season's over because statistically it won't be. I mean, you could walk out Sunday. Dallas could you know if Dallas loses and then Philly loses, you're both at five and five. And, you know, technically you're in first place still based on uh, division record and head-to-head. But 5-5 five and five is not where you want to be. Not after starting off 3-0 and Dallas. Okay, enough on that. Um, let's move on. I know I beat this one up pretty good. Let's move on. JB, talk to me about what happened in New Orleans with your, your Atlanta Falcons. I wouldn't say they're my Atlanta Falcons. They are definitely not mine. <laughs> I just had to be down here. Nice try. Um, it really is about the NFL being the NFL. And I think you said it last week, and you said it before you started today's uh, session. You don't know what's going on. And I, I didn't see this coming. Maybe a lot of it had to do with, with Quinn giving up the defensive play calling and, and having the whatever D coordinator they have and, and having him do it because he obviously dialed up a masterpiece. Um, I, don't, I don't know. It, it's one of those fluke things where the Saints offense looked pedestrian. And saying that in the same breath is kind of weird. Um, and, and I mean, obviously the Cowboys is a different story. Um, their, their defense is, is, is elite. But I think the Falcons' defense has been elite also. It's just that when you're inconsistent with injuries and, and you've got uh, questionable – uh, play calling on the defensive side, you're going to see messes come up. I think the stars are just in alignment. Everything worked out, and, and they were able to play sound defense, something that we should have seen much earlier because of the talent that they have. And, and maybe for one game, it finally just came together. So <clears throat> should we be worried about the Saints? No, no. Uh, every every team has one of those games where you can just throw it away, either on the offensive side or the defensive side, or heaven forbid, happens on both sides at the same time. Um, I wouldn't be concerned about it, especially when you've got uh, Kamara back, which uh, and, and um, you got Thomas, you got Breeze, you, you've got all your weapons back. Uh, I wouldn't be concerned. I think it's more a blip on the radar than anything else. 
Okay. <clears throat> K-Star, anything you want to add on this one? No, I mean, I just think it was a divisional game, and sometimes we uh, underestimate how how tight they can be, no matter the talent between the teams. I mean, they're so familiar with one another, and I think that was more of a case of that than any sort of deficiency with the Saints. I still think the Saints are one of the best teams in the league. So that leads me to a curious question. <clears throat> We're a little past halfway through the season. I'm just wondering if you guys had a vote, which none of us do, who would be your so far, your midseason league MVP. JB, you can go first. Oh, that's a good one. Um, I guess it's probably going to sound more bandwagon-ish or hopefully it's not sounding like it's a uh, reaction from last night, but I, I have to go with Wilson, man. He, he has been consistent all year long, and what we saw last night has really been happening throughout the entire year. He has been able to put that whole team on his back and they, he's gotten that whole team to buy into what he believes in. And, and the numbers speak for themselves. The performance speaks for itself. So I would have to go with Wilson right now. Okay. Hey, Star? Yeah, I got to agree. For me, it's Russell Wilson. The Seahawks have been absolutely brutal defensively this year, and he's carried them. Uh, they just knocked off the Niners. I think Lamar Jackson is an honor, honorable mention for sure. But um, – I think Russell Wilson has just been having to do a little bit more with, with uh, the Seahawks and, and a tougher NFC conference than what um, Jackson has with the uh, weaker AFC. But, yeah, Russell Wilson edges out Lamar Jackson for me as of uh, right now. Yeah, I agree. And I, and I think <clears> – <throat> I don't know if you guys saw the game last night, but I think that last night is an example of an MVP caliber quarterback versus – um, frankly, a guy that I think up to this point, although he's had some nice wins and he's got a great winning record, um, I got to tell you, yeah, I wasn't impressed at all by Jimmy G last night. I mean, he had three three turnovers and probably could have had at least three more. Um, <clears throat> you know, and, and, and the turnovers that he missed were, I mean, these, you know, uh, Bobby Wagner dropping one. I mean, these guys are dropping interceptions that he was throwing right to them. I, I'm sitting there wondering, like, wh- what was the big hype on this guy? And Belichick wanted him and and was ready to trade Tom Brady and make him the starter and all of this. And, um, like, he just – he did not look – I don't even know what the word is. He didn't look composed. He looked very rattled. You know, and you just not something that from a guy who came out of Belichick's system and worked under Tom Brady and, you know, then came in and had some level of success, he looked a mess. And then, you know, on the other side is a Super Bowl winning, um, you know, two-time Super Bowl attending, one-time Super Bowl winning quarterback who just, you know, um, just seemed to – the, the moment is never too big for Russell Wilson. <clears throat> you know, like – and, and and it's interesting because I wonder if if dating a superstar and having to live that lifestyle outside of playing NFL, like so, like you know, Tom Brady has Giselle, right? And 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 the moment never seems too big for him. And this guy's got Sierra, and I just wonder if that has anything to do with it, where it's just like, you know, look, my whole life is. Is you know 100 miles an hour, 
you know. So this, this, I can handle I can handle a little stress on the field. Matter of fact, I love coming on the field. It gives me relief from what I have to do when I go. You know what I mean? Like I don't know. I'm just speculating, but he just you you, you start to put Russell Wilson. I don't know where to put him because we've got four horsemen. Then we've got the end of the world, which is the young guys. Um, what are you gonna say? Kind of. I think that Russell Wilson might be a four horseman man at this point. Um, so who who do you take like out? He, fuck, I don't know. He, he Russell Wilson's been around for such a you know for a while. He's been so good for so damn long, and and he's just like the last three years he's been even better. Like he's taken his game to a whole you know another level, and I feel like he belongs. I don't know who who that means to be rid of, get rid of. Well, you know, Maybe we something need. we could. No, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I should let you finish. I was going to say maybe we need to get Train on board too and talk about it and maybe flesh it out. But I mean, I, I think that he's he 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 deserves to be in there at some capacity. I, you know, maybe we sent to five. I don't know, but the guy is awesome <laughs> and has been awesome for you know he he meets the criteria I think of consistency of uh, of having you know Super Bowls a Super Bowl I should say and uh, just been an MVP level player and, and a constant for the Seahawks franchise for such a long time now. Yeah, I wonder if maybe at this point, this is something we can do. I mean, it's 10 of, and I and Train, I, you know, Train had some family stuff going on, so maybe he's just not going to make it. Maybe next weekend we can talk about this. But I wonder if it's time to kind of put Tom Brady in the Madden Voice Hall of Fame, right? Like, okay, we know he's the GOAT. We've all agreed he's the GOAT. He's even surpassed you know, the previous GOAT, uh, quarterback GOAT of Joe Montana at this point. Um, he's not playing four horsemen status any longer because he's 42. And, you know, he's still he's still playing good enough to win games and possibly even win another Super Bowl. But he's not, he's not playing at an elite level. Let's call it like it is. Um, but I don't want to disrespect the guy yeah. because he's so great. He's been great for so long. What if we talked about putting him in like, okay, you know, here's our first member of the Madden Voice Hall of Fame, and it's Tom Brady. So we take him out of horseman status, we give him a Hall of Fame, and then we replace him with yeah. somebody, right? That might be something to think we about, kind of, right? I don't know. Yeah, we kind, of, we kind of were in a similar spot like four years ago with Peyton Manning, too. It was kind of that weird position where it was like, you know, it's Peyton fucking Manning. <laughs> he's amazing, but he's not what he was, yet we can't take him out of the four horsemen because it's Peyton Manning. But like the last couple of years in Denver, I feel like we were kind of going through the same sort of, well, he's there, but, you know, it's just not the same. And I think that's the same thing true with Tom. Um, so, yeah, I think that's definitely worth considering. Yeah. I mean, and, and, and in all honesty, that might be another person since he was a prior four horseman, right? That might be another person that yeah. we say, you know, yeah. I think, you know, when, when Train will remember this, um, when we were doing the EAFL, I actually, like, when the EAFL was in, like, full swing and was, like, you know, kicking ass and taking names, I actually created on our webpage a page that was Hall of Famers just based on Super Bowls and, you know, that kind of stuff. And I actually took the real um, Hall of Fame plaque that the players get when they go into the Hall of Fame and I photoshopped it, and I added it. I, I changed, add some words, you know, EAFL on it. And I took an image of our guy and put it on. I mean, like, it was really nice looking. I got to give myself some credit. It took a long goddamn time to do. 
but I created this really neat looking plaque. And then we had a page on the Madden voice. I'm sorry, on the EAFL. Um, it was EAFLMadden.com at the time. That was the name. I don't have that. I don't own that anymore because I'm done with all of that. But I created a Hall of Fame page. And every year we would add two people to the Hall of Fame. And uh, it was, you know, obviously it was just something to just do to make the game, make the Madden game more interesting, make the league more interesting, um, give respect to the people that have been in the league for a long time, give them some love, you know, because we did, you know, we, we did a lot of seasons. We did a lot of seasons with, uh, and we got up to 10 leagues at one point. I mean, it was just, it was insane what the AFL did at the time um, prior to all this other league stuff that now they have on the Madden game that really wasn't that good back then. Um, so I wanted to give the guys something to be like, hey, thank you for your longevity. Thank you for support. And by the way, your success is insane. Congratulations. Welcome to Hall of Fame. So I say all that to say, you know, maybe some, now we don't have a web page. We do have the blog, blog talk page. Um, we used to have a web page, but it's kind of served no purpose. So I got rid of it, but maybe something, I don't know. Let me let it, let me flesh it out and think about it, but let's table this to next week. Train comes on. And let's talk about it, and then this will give you guys, all of us, a week to think about um, who. Now, obviously, it would have to be, you know, we can't go back and put Emmett Smith in and, you know, <laughs> you know, it'd have to be recent guys that, you know, in the last few years that we would feel very strongly about. You know, I think, I think Brady we could put in now because he's just that damn good. I think Peyton Manning yeah. is someone that was a four horseman. We could put him in. But is there anyone else out there that might have recently retired um, that we used to talk a lot about on the show and give a lot of props to? You know, like a Jason Witten would have been a good idea. I'm willing to wait now since he's playing again. But, you know, he's a guy, you mm-hmm. know. Um, you know, and is there anybody else that we think about our show? This isn't, this isn't just recognizing someone because they're talented. This is really about our show and who has gotten our attention that we spent a lot of time talking about on the show and either is an all-time great or recently retired that we would want to honor. So I like that idea. Mm. JB, yeah, what do you I'm with think? It. You like it? Yeah, actually, I, was, I like the idea too. I was going to throw a name out, but I wasn't sure if you truly want to just table it for next week or did you want a name thrown out? Oh, you could, you, we could talk, but if you, you want to throw out a couple of names now, it's fine. You know, it's just just for well, just, something to think about. Yeah, I mean, the the one comes to mind, which is probably the most recent and and one that shocked us the most was Andrew Luck. Ah, that's one to think about. Hmm. You talk about doing yeah, I'm not sure about that with, one. Left. Um, I had to think about that one. No, I mean that's a good. Well, it's one to think about. I'm not. I'm not necessarily saying that we have to do it, but I think I think the level. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I. I, That's a great one, actually, Jay. I would have never. I would have. You know, he was a guy that got a lot of attention on our show. Um, He was a guy that at his at his peak was insanely good. Um, Yeah. Do you think, you know, something to think about? Did he play long enough and accomplish enough where we would want to give him that honor? And, you know, another guy that may be somebody we talk about sooner than later on that same note, and you know where I'm going, K-Star, your boy. Tony, Tony Romo. Cam. Hmm. No, Cam. Oh, Cam was another one. Yeah. 
Cam, but yeah. actually Romo's another one. That's a good one. Yeah. Um, Tony Romo's oh, that's sure, actually Cam. a really good one. I was actually one. thinking that earlier when you were talking about it, I was like, oh, man, this is a perfect time to – if he was going to make the real Hall of Fame, let's just put him in the TM, TMV Hall of Fame. <laughs> Cam Newton. Who are you talking about, Cam or, or – okay. Yeah, okay. Cam. Yeah. Yeah, yeah but I, I think it's just something that we could have some fun with. And we can certainly yeah. debate, you know, whether these guys, based on, you know, what we saw. And, uh, you know, I think, obviously, May- Manning's a no-brainer. Brady, we can just do that right. now because, you know, that's a no-brainer. Um, yeah. yeah. But, um, yeah, I think that's something that we can do. And then I'll figure out some – I'll think about it. At least we can all think about how do we how do we want to submit this because don't, we don't have a page now. Um, I guess, you know, we could probably – there's a lot of free – or low cost. I don't want to invest a lot of money into this, but let me just think about it. There's a lot of ways we can do this, but let's just, let's think about. It. But I, I really, I really like that idea. A Madden Voice yeah. Hall of Fame. I like that. I like it a lot. All right, all right. Um, I really don't have anything else. I really, I, that, you know, I wanted to give Train some time to talk about the Bears, but he he's not joined us, so um, we'll, we'll I guess we'll cover the Bears next week. Um, we talked with the Cowboys, we talked about the Steelers, we talked about the upsets. And um, now uh, I, I train, uh, train, Jesus Christ. K-Star, who do the Steelers have uh, this coming week, or are you on a bye? No, uh, we play the uh, Browns this Thursday night. Oh, okay. And how do you yeah. feel about that? Are you home or are you in uh, Cleveland? Uh, I believe we're – I believe we're in Cleveland. I'm actually checking it right this very second. Uh, we are, yeah, we're in Cleveland. Um, the, jeez, man, the Browns are favored by two and a half points. So that's funny. Wow. Okay. Oh, there it is. You know that, that Pittsburgh. Yeah. Okay. Connor's gonna play. Looks yeah, like. We're at, yeah. So I mean, definitely like that. Um. Yeah, I love that. I mean, I, I think that it'll be a close, ugly game, honestly. Um, but, I, you know, the Steelers, me having more of an identity than Browns do, and the identity for the Steelers is, you know, since getting Minka, it's been a, a dominant defense. I think that's uh, enough to get the job done versus struggling Browns, you know, offensive unit. It's been dreadful. Yeah, I don't like misplaced egos when it comes to professional sports. And right now, Baker is one of those guys that has a misplaced ego. And, you know, I, yeah. I'm, I'm fair, if nothing else. I gave Cam Newton a heck of a hard time for what I thought was a misplaced ego. And Baker's not getting any breaks from me. And until he shows some maturity. Baker, yeah. yeah, I was just going to say Baker couldn't hold Cam's shock strap, if we're being honest, from what he's done. <laughs> like, Cam was a Heisman winner. Cam was rookie of the year. I mean, Baker had a really good rookie year too. But national champion. Oh, Baker's a national champion too, though, isn't he? JB. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You talking about? You said Cam. No, Baker. No, 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 Baker. I know Cam won. Nothing. Oh no, no, Baker didn't win. Oh, he did. Okay. No, no, I don't think so. Um, I know he won. Obviously, besides the Heisman Trophy, he won that, but I don't think he won a national championship. Oh, okay. I, for some reason, thought he did. Okay. That's why I asked you, because I knew you would know. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah I mean, even if he... Should be having that sack. It's ridiculous, man. He, he doesn't 
it's just like you said, it's just not deserved. Like, what's he doing? <laughs> yeah, it's over. It's over the top. At first, it was it was amusing. Now it's just over the top. You know, when you're giving reporters a hard time and all of that, like you ain't you ain't done enough in this league. And don't like don't don't you realize? I mean, Antonio Brown is learning this lesson. Did y'all did y'all? Me and K Star saw this as it happened. Um, I, I, you know, the tweet that he put, and I actually wrote him a fairly in-depth response, not that he would look at it, because I'm sure, you know, thousands of people are commenting on it, but I just felt the need to, when he was like, fuck the NFL, and blah, blah, like, what is wrong with you, bruh? Haven't you learned? Tweet, you know, a retweet if I should play this year, and like if I should play next year. Bruh, it ain't up to you. Like, I, I don't understand. I don't understand. And I, and I put in my tweet to him, I said, whoever's advising you, you need to fire because someone in your camp is not telling you what you need to hear. Like, what, like you're sitting there waiting. They've made you wait weeks for a hearing. They've made you make, wait weeks. Why? Because they're in no hurry to reinstate you back into the league. They're in no hurry because as soon as any team signed you, you would go on the commissioner's exempt list, which means you can't play. And that's why nobody would touch you. And in the meantime, you're tweeting, you're doing all this stupid stuff, and then a few hours later you delete it and, you, you know, you try, oh, I'm just passionate. No, you're stupid. You're dumb. And I, I don't get these guys that think, you know, A.B. and now, you know, Baker to some degree, and I don't get these guys that think that they're bigger than the league. This league has played as well advertised for 100 years. And, you know, look at Des Bryant. I remember that guy. <laughs> Love Des when he was back in 2013, 2014. And between him and Brown, we were like going back and forth. Well, him, Brown, and maybe Jones, who's the best wide receiver in the game. And mm-hmm. Des certainly made a case that he might be the guy. Well, Des is working out, hoping to get a tryout now. Hoping. Because the, the, the Ravens offered him three years, $21 million. Three years, $21 million, $7 million a year, which was half what he made in Dallas, and he wouldn't take it. He gets a one-year deal with the Saints, blows his Achilles, or him, or I think it was his Achilles out, two days later. Peyton says, heal up, we'll give you another try next year. How'd that work out for you? Now he's posting – uh, I'm going to be reaching out to teams. I'm working out. I'm going to be reaching out to teams in the next couple of weeks. I mean, good luck. Uh, maybe you'll find a taker. But, you know, this league will pass you by quickly, Antonio Brown, Baker Mayfield. Now, Des is different. He was injured and a little arrogant when you didn't take the Baltimore deal. But you would. But how would you feel now? Because it was a three-year deal. You'd be playing if you were healthy. You'd be on that roster. Maybe they would have released you if you sucked. But you would have a chance to be playing with a team that's Trying to get a first round bye, but no, these guys got to learn. Man. I don't, I don't get it. I don't get it. These guys got to learn. Like this league is not going to wait for you. It's not. It's going to keep going. You want to be a part of it or not? I'm sorry, guys. I know I get on my soapbox, but it's just, I, 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 like I said, if nothing else, I'm consistent. I don't. I didn't like it when Cam acted up. I don't like it when Baker's acting up. I sure don't like it when I'm seeing what Antonio Brown is doing. He's literally sabotaging his old his own career. That's what he's doing. Just sabotage. Yeah. Terrible, man. This guy had a 
you know, a trajectory that could have put him as a top five, top three receiver of all time based on how he was playing for such a long time. It was consistently amazing. And um, to, you know, this guy was the Madden cover boy of, of Madden 19. Going into the year last year, he was looked at as the best player, possibly the best player in the league, the best receiver in the league. And then, you know, that awful end to the season with the Steelers happened and it's just been like the most awful downward self-inflicted spiral I've ever seen. And like, you know, I, I it, it's tough because on one hand, I, I want to enjoy it because it's like, Oh, fucking Tony. Oh, you know, he, this the Steelers like that. But on the other hand, it's just sad because the guy was a great Steeler, man. And he was a great player. And it's just like, we, the dude isn't even in the league anymore. That's how bad his personal conduct got. The, the fact that he played himself, out of the league, or you know, his his ego played himself out of the league. It's just, it's crazy, man. It's crazy and sad. It is JB. Anything you want to add? No, um, I basically think you you both covered exactly what I wanted to state. So um, I don't want to be a dead horse, but you you you've all hit the nail on the head. There's nothing else I can add to it. Yeah, it, it, it's sad. And, you know, kudos to someone like a Kaepernick who's been blackballed, sitting on the sideline and remained relatively quiet. You know, he just sat and just has been waiting his turn. And thank God he's getting a chance to at least have a tryout. Um, and, and the NFL's behind it, which I've got to give them their respect. Like, I mean, you know, what the hell took you so long? But, okay, you know, we're there now. And, um, you know, I'd love to see him. I mean, you know, there are teams out there that need a few teams that need a good starting quarterback and several that could use a good backup. So if, if the NFL is blessing this, and I'm going to make this one statement, we all know that Jerry Jones had one question from Michael Bennett. The national anthem is playing. Are you going to be in a locker room like you did in, in New England, or are you going to come out? Because here – we stand on the sideline to the national anthem. He said he would come out, and that's what he's done so far. And you know what? At this point, you're making the right decision. There comes a point in time where it's time to, okay, you know, it's top of everyone's mind. We're talking about it. We're dealing with it. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's now time to put that protest to bed, and now let's figure out what we need to do to solve the problems. And so for me, I'm perfectly fine with no more kneeling, no more sitting, no more like, okay, you made your point, great point, but, you know, if I'm Colin Kaepernick and you want to play and, and a team looks at you and says, okay, you know, we like what we saw, we want to bring you in and maybe, maybe we'll sign you for, you know, the rest of the season, but where, where are you standing on all this social justice stuff? If I'm Colin Kaepernick, I'm like, look, what I did, I'm proud of what I did. I have no regrets for what I did, and it accomplished what I wanted to accomplish, which was dialogue, and let's see what we can do to solve the problem. I'm still going to do what I need to do out in the community to fight social injustice, but if you want me to stand on your sideline, that's exactly what I'll do. And I don't think there's anybody out there that's going to blame them at this point. Not for sure. And I, and I think what also is working in Kaepernick's favor is he does have the Nike platform, Um you know, to maybe address certain things or, or you know, promote certain uh, things that he's into, uh, that he wants to communicate. Like, he has, a, he has an outlet that can still reach the masses, you know what I mean? 
I mean, having that avenue, I think, is uh, something that he can utilize. Yeah, but, you know, and I agree with that. And I, at the same time, I'm also a capitalist. And, you know, Kaepernick, I think, is 30, 31 years old, if I have it right. Uh, Alexa, how old is Colin Kaepernick? 31. You're quicker than Alexa. She's not answering. Um, All right, so if he's 31, he's still, you know, he's in his prime. And to me, just turned 32. Yeah, just turned 32. Okay. Okay. So, you know, he's still still got five good years. Um, And considering he hasn't taken any hits in three, four years, he still can play five years if he's healthy. You know, yeah. assuming he doesn't get any soft tissue, you know, you know, he hasn't played, so let's, you know, assume he doesn't get any injuries, but he can go at least five years. So to me, if I'm if I'm his agent or if I'm his family or if I'm his friend or I'm his homeboy, I'm like, look, you did your part. I'm proud of you. And when you're done playing, you got the rest of your life to take this on. Right now, you need to be selfish. Think about you. Go make your money. Go get your endorsements. You know, you got Nike, great, but go get more endorsements because if you handle this well. You could be the best comeback story since Michael Vick. So if I'm him, now it's about me. I love my peoples. I'm going to do what I can for my peoples when the time is right. But now I've lost millions to take this stand. Now I'm getting a chance to send a message that I can play to the league, and I can, I can now that I've sent my message, I can conform to your rules. Okay, that's what I'm going to do. And anybody out there that would call him a sellout or a cop out, kiss my black ass. Kiss my entire black ass because you've never had to give up millions and millions of dollars for a cause. So, fuck you. This man deserves and, to come and back. And not to mention, give millions and millions to that cause too. Let's not forget about Thank that. You. Also, he gave Thank up millions you. and gave up his own millions. Thank you. Yeah. Excellent point, JB. So and people I need to get out. Of his, people need to get out of his pockets anyway. You know, if they're saying yeah. you shouldn't do whatever, like, come on. But there's going to be, but K-Star, and I'm sorry, I don't want to, I'm not trying to make this political or a racial show, but JB, JB will co-sign this. And if Train was on, um, he'd co-sign this. And I'm not saying, K-Star, you don't get it. You probably do get it. So don't take this the wrong way. I'm just saying as a black man, sometimes our own worst enemies are our own people, you know. And, yep. you know, here's a brother that went out there and did what he did and, and took the bullet for it, spell on the sword for it. Now he's got, a, he's got a tryout coming. All the teams will get invited. And I'm telling you, the question is going to be, he's going to get asked, are you going to stand or are you going to kneel? And I'm telling you, he needs to say, I'm going to stand. I will do whatever you want me to do. It should now be about him reestablishing himself. And like I said, you have the chance to be the best comeback story since Vic. Come back and and you know, hey, get a get a backup job for now. It's fine. Learn a system. Get a backup job. I'm telling you, the way the league is, you'll be starting. <laughs> you'll be starting. It's gonna happen. So, and and but the problem is, there's gonna be there's gonna be organizations out there, and there's gonna be you know, oh, he's so. I mean, I heard it when he got the Nike contract. People were talking. Oh, you know, he got that Nike contract, and yeah, let the man make some money. You know, so I just hope he does well. I hope he can still play, and I hope there's a team or two out there that would be interested in bringing him in, even as a backup. And, um, you know, but, man, Colin, CK, man, go make your money, bro. Go make your money. 
All right. Enough on that. All right. Well, hey, let's get on out of here. A little shorter show tonight, but that's okay. Uh, Train was with his family. He said he was going to try to make it, but all good. Hopefully we'll be at full strength next week. Um, you know, K-Star's got a big game with Cleveland division game. If, if the Steelers have mm-hmm. any chance to slip into the playoffs, this is the kind of game that they need to win. It's a winnable game. Um, the Cowboys have a um, road game. It's, a, it's an NFC game. So it does, it does matter against the Lions. And all indicators are that Matthew Stafford will probably miss the game. So we can't have a repeat performance like you did against freaking uh, New Orleans. Stafford's not playing. Y'all need to go get this win. And let me just look up the Bears real quick and see who the hell the Bears are playing. Can I, uh, while while, you, while you, you look that up, can I actually just can I just list off the remaining opponents for the Steelers and get your guys' opinions real quick? You can. You can. All right. So we have we have the Browns this week. Following week, Bengals, Browns, Cardinals, Bills, Jets, Ravens. To me, there's two tough games. I mean, try a couple of tougher games than that. But two opponents that stand out as being tough. The rest, I think, are very winnable. Uh, the two tough ones are, in my opinion, the Ravens and the Bills. Um, and I think, you know, both are winnable games, Ravens being the toughest opponent. But to me, the, the schedule is pretty favorable for the Steelers down the stretch. What do you guys think? I agree. Um, I think that you all have weathered the storm better than anyone can ever have hoped for or expected. And if as long as you – don't have any other significant injuries, setbacks, or things of that nature. Uh, y'all yeah. definitely have a strong shot at that wild card, and and I and this is all I know. We joke, we we clown, we kid, and all that. I'm dead serious. Um, barring any of those, y'all really are sitting in really good shape. Hopefully, you just take advantage of it. But uh, you're, you're primed yeah. for it. Well, I mean, this is this is easy to do. You're at five and four. Browns should be a win, six and four. Bengals seven and four. Browns again eight and four. Cardinals nine and four. Um, Bills could go either way. Let's just say the Bills beat you nine and five. That's Jets nice, yeah. ten and five. Ravens ten and six. Bingo. So yeah. at ten, at ten, at ten and six, you're definitely in hot contention for a wild card. Heck, there's no, nothing saying you couldn't. I mean. Ravens are looking pretty good, but we've seen it before. Teams, you know, again, I'll say it again. The NFL will catch up. I know Lamar Jackson is looking phenomenal. Let me just say this. Let me just say this. The man's looking insane, and I appreciate what he's done. But can we stop? Can can everybody stop acting like we ain't seen this before? Okay, I'm sorry, but everything I'm seeing Michael Vick did years ago. Yeah. Okay, Michael Vick did the same thing. Now, maybe maybe he's got better – you know, he's rushed for more yards. Okay, that's scheme. But he's not doing anything we didn't see Michael Vick did. Michael Vick had an awesome arm. He was relatively accurate. He's actually a pretty good passer. But he was – like, K-Star, I'll tell anyone, like, if you had to – if you had to take – all right, if you're Madden Hall of Fame and pick one player, there's a lot of guys that are going to start with Michael Vick for everything he could do on the Madden game. He was, like, almost impossible. Yeah. Almost impossible. Yeah. You know – and yeah, that's because of how damn good he was in the NFL before everything went down on him with the dog fighting and all that. So we're not seeing anything we haven't seen before. Um, so I don't want to take anything away from Lamar Jackson, but it is you know every time I watch him, I'm like, yeah, Michael Vick, 
Michael Vick. Like, like it's the same thing, Michael Vick. <laughs> like, um, but it's like um, it's like Michael Vick with an updated 2019 offense offensive philosophy and catering to the strength. Yeah. You know, but yeah, again, I agree. His players. When you look at the players. Vick was um, just as special, if not more so, of an athlete than uh, Lamar was because his arm was like an 80 yard cannon uh, attached to his to his shoulder. It was insane. It was amazing. Yeah. But you know. When when the run pass option was really made popular was back with Miami years ago, and you know mm-hmm. the NFL figured it out. And so what what did we say? Us that were doing the show, like I, I I can't remember who was on, and this might have been this might have been before JB. I'm not sure, but um, I recall us talking about it on the show, and I recall saying this will not be a scheme; it will be a tool. It will be just another play call that people will use, and that's exactly what it is now. It's not a scheme like it was back then. And then Chip Kelly yeah, came in, and sorry, K-Star, but, you know, you said that he was the greatest <laughs> offensive mind in the history of the world. And, you know, for a little while he was because no one could figure him out. Well, he's back to college because the NFL figured him out. <laughs> and so the same thing's going to happen with the Ravens. Like right now, Lamar Jackson is like almost non-defense, undefensible. That's not going to stick. So that's what I'm saying. Like, they're seven and two, eight and two, whatever they are now, but that doesn't mean that they're going to maintain this level. When you have yeah. anything that's a gimmick and it calls for deception and trickery and misdirection, it's only a matter of time before defenses figure out how to play it. And that's what the Ravens are doing. So it's not, not everything, but a lot of what they're doing. And at some point, Defense is going to pick up. Now, Lamar has shown he can pass, too. So if he's relegated to more sitting in the pocket and kind of doing the Aaron Rodgers moving around in the pocket thing, I think he'll do pretty well, but it won't be the same. So I guess my point yeah, is anything is possible, K-Star. Like, you know, you, you guys are sitting really pretty right now. Like JB said, you weathered the storm. And, uh, whew. Man, if, if you're the playoffs, so Coach, honest, Coach Tomlin <laughs> – if, I'm not sure they have the Cowboys roster as much as I appreciate that. Um, but um, saying that, yeah, if the Steelers make the playoffs, Coach Tomlin, man, I, I would imagine Coach of the Year would be in store for him and well-deserved. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think yeah. you guys make the playoffs. Um, yeah, he's yeah. definitely the Coach of Year candidate. Uh, there's no doubt about it. Yeah. Uh, there's, there's absolutely no doubt yeah. about it What what where, where you guys came from. Uh, uh, yeah. Um, yeah. the, the bears, uh, who I believe now are four and five have the Rams, yep. which is a winnable game. Um, the giants, the lions. So they've got three games that, you know, are winnable. Then this team from Texas, um, called the Cowboys. Um, I don't know how, what Cowboy team <laughs> will show up that night. So, uh, I'd like to think that with Trubisky being up and down, that it, it's a it's a game that's favorable for Dallas. But if the Bears are on a roll and Trubisky's playing consistently and that defense is woken up, that could be a toss-up game right there. And then they've got the Packers, which at this point I would put my money on the Packers. They've got the Chiefs. Well, the Chiefs have woken up and gone back to their previous form because I think they've lost four out of five or three out of four or something like that. Like they're, they're tanking. So that's, that's kind of another, you know, we think the chiefs are pretty good, but 
We don't know what Chiefs team we're going to see. And then they finish off at the Vikings. So the Bears got some games that they can win. And then their last four games are Cowboys, Packers, Chiefs, and Vikings. So they've got a tough road ahead if they want to rebound and try to figure out a way to be relevant. Okay. All right. Let's get on out of here. Final words. JB, you can go first. Final words for the night. Final words for the night. Simply put, uh, we're, we're coming down the home stretch now. It's really time for teams that need to make a run to make a run. Uh, quit grab asking. Quit, as, as Dad would say, quit bowl jazzing. I need to get right <laughs> to it. I, I'm looking forward to this final stretch. And, and T, you've always said it before. Season starts up. Enjoy it now because we're going to fly by. We're already in week 10. So uh, have enjoyed it so far to this point. We have seen so much activity on and off the field. Really looking forward to the home stretch, though. Sounds good. Uh, K-Star, final thoughts. Yeah, man. I'm uh, placing my order in for Mika Fitzpatrick jersey. Keep balling, Mika. <laughs> you are <laughs> you are a phenom, bro. This is awesome. We haven't had that since playmaking DB since Troy Palomalu. So, um, yeah, man, just hopefully you can keep it up. It's been awesome. Cool, cool. Well, hopefully we'll get everyone back for next Tuesday night. Um, game should be pretty good this week. And looking forward to the Cowboys uh, rebounding and hopefully getting a win. Getting a win in Detroit and the Eagles taking an L to the Patriots and the Cowboys can go back to being uh, undisputed leaders of the NFC East. Um, it's a must-win game, Dallas, so do what you got to do. Um, so uh, yesterday was Veterans Day, and uh, every year on Veterans Day, I play the same three-minute-plus clip on an NFL great who um, – you know, you'll, you'll hear it in the clip in a second, but uh, it's about Pat Tillman. And for those of you who might be listening who have no idea who I'm talking about, um, he was a guy who made the choice to give up his NFL career and go represent our country and um, uh, Desert Storm. And unfortunately, he ended up losing his life. Uh, he actually lost it to friendly fire, but he ended up losing his life. Um, so when we talk about the ultimate sacrifice and Veterans Day and, you know, uh, there's different levels to this, but for a guy who was uh, – he was a pretty good safety. You know, he, was, he was pretty damn good. And for a guy to say, I got to do my part, I'm getting out of here, I'm going to go and defend our country and give up millions of dollars like that. I mean, we talk about Kaepernick and his sacrifice, which is, which is great. Um, but to me, this is this is now on even another level because not just because he lost his life, because he put himself in a position knowing he could lose his life, you know. And and it's just it's it's amazing. And for anyone out there listening, there's plenty of stuff on him, uh, NFL Network. You can go to YouTube. But um, to honor Veterans Day and and hoping that all the veterans out there got their accolades. And of course, as JB knows, our, our late father was a Vietnam or is a Vietnam veteran. Um, so for dad and for all the veterans out there, I wish everybody well. Um, we'll see you next Tuesday night, but I'm going to end the show with a tribute to Pat Tillman. It only runs about three minutes. Um, hopefully, whoever's out there listening, you'll find us entertaining. A hero, both on the football field and the battlefield. Many people knew Pat Tillman as the undersized player with an oversized heart. Pat Tillman 
knocked the helmet off of Isaac Byrne. Pat Tillman died April 22, 2004 on the Afghan-Pakistan border, ambushed fighting Taliban and Afghan forces. Hundreds of soldiers have been killed in battle. Why does Tillman stand out? Because his story is very special. Pat Tillman on the play. Tillman began his football career at Arizona State University. He was the littlest big guy on the field, standing 5 feet 11 inches tall. Doug Tamaro, friend of Tillman and media coordinator at ASU, had a chance two months yeah. ago to have dinner with it Tillman. Just, it was just fun to be around. And, and that night, you know, I never get dessert. I got dessert. Never drink coffee after a meal. I got coffee because I did not want the night to end. I kind of wanted it to be like, like Groundhog Day. You know, I just want the day to come back and come back and come back. While at ASU, Tillman was crowned Pac-10 Player of the Year. He was also a star in the classroom as well. I mean, he was a 3.8 student. That's amazing that he wasn't a 4.0. I, I'd never want to see the classes that he didn't get an A in. After completing his college career, Tillman moved on to the NFL with the Arizona Cardinals for four years. The terrorist attacks of September 11, 2001 changed everything for Tillman. My great-grandfather was at Pearl Harbor, and a lot of my family has given up, you know, has gone and fought in wars, and, and I really haven't done a damn thing um, as far as laying myself on the line like that, and so I have a great deal of respect for those that have and what the flag stands for. Following this interview, Tillman made the decision to walk away from a $3.6 million contract with the Cardinals and join the elite Army Rangers with his brother Kevin. Pat's family and friends received news of his death on a Thursday and knew that he was not coming home. I think that Pat Tillman was probably the, the gentlest, caring guy around that my brother and I knew, my family knew. Hundreds if not thousands of people have made their way out to Sun Devil Stadium to pay their respects to Pat Tillman. Some soldiers have even stopped by to drop off medals they have won in the battlefield. In fact, one soldier dropped off the Purple Heart. Pat Tillman is a true example of a human being. He's special. And ASU should be proud they had him. He gave his life for our country to fight for us. He may have gone before us, but you know what? We're all going to catch up with him in a place that's better. You know, he'll be my hero. He'll be my daughter's hero. He's my wife's hero. Pat Tillman never stopped looking for new challenges on the field and in life. When he found them, he met them head on. He made the ultimate sacrifice when he chose patriotism over a paycheck. A hero that will never be forgotten. A statement that will live on with the spirit of Pat Tillman.